Dalid Adar Bet Tavshin Ayin Tet. Coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York, I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> Let your kids are yevelaving. Sasson ye dashen at smotai, Umitzion tavona, Tanchumotai, Kiafech le shachar aravi, Velohe avi, Liavi, Eteliahu hanavi, Velohe avi, Liavi, Eteliahu.
Yismachli B. Yoni Gennett, words by Rav Cook, melody by Yoni Gennett, a Motzei Shabbat, beginning of the week song, as we welcome everybody back in to another edition of the Israel Show. Thank you so much for joining, making us a part of your week. We are here each and every Monday, immediately following JM and DM. Now, be careful here, because there's a change. That translates to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Israel Time, because we changed the clocks in America. And they did not yet in Israel. So for the next few weeks, 3 p.m. Israel Time, around the world, wherever you are, whatever time it is, that's the time we're on. Make a note so you don't forget. But if you did, or if you want to have a friend of yours join us who uh, wasn't around to hear us live, let him know. Let him know all about the Israel Show, which is available on demand at the Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available for free iPhone and Android, and on NachumSiegel.com in the archives. In both cases in the archives, you can listen to your heart's content and hear all the great music and interesting stories that we have. Of course, Facebook.com slash The Israel Show, one word, Facebook.com slash The Israel Show, is the place where you can get all the links to the songs that we played during the show and you can listen to them at your leisure and you can also see some of them have great videos really well done videos so um, you want to make a note of that and tell everybody share it with your Facebook friends tell your neighbors anyone who you think might be interested in this great show coming up music wise we have uh the song that will represent Israel in the Eurovision, and we will depart from our usual custom here and play it even though it is in English. Uh, makes me crazy. Make the song in Hebrew so it won't win. Big deal. Be proud. Anyway, I, I also don't think the song is so great, but it was released last night, uh, Eastern Time. And uh, so we're pl- we're debuting it for you here later on in the show, and we have lots of other great music to share with you. Uh, we will talk about, of course, the Israeli elections, and um, we'll we'll mention a little bit about Menachem Begin, whose yard site is actually today, Bo Biyom, um passed away. On uh, on this day, 27 years ago. Wow, it does not feel that. Dalid Adar Bet. 27 years ago. Um, but first, let's get to some more music. We debuted this last week. We spoke much about it, and, and people have been talking about it a lot since then, trying to understand the... All the nuances and details of it, and we did post a link to the video. There's a video, a uh, music video that goes along with the song Keshebanu Habaita, written by Ariel Horowitz, sung by Ariel Horowitz. We mentioned that he is the son of uh, the late Naomi Shemer, the late great Naomi Shemer, and um, the video is very interesting as well. 
and uh, calls into question some of uh, what we were saying. Anyway, we debuted it last week. We we're going to play it for you again. The words are really beautiful, very meaningful. Uh, you can listen to last week's show if you like to hear the uh, explanation. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to The Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. הראשון שבנו הביתה זרקנו את התרמיל אבל לא חלצנו נעליים כי הבית היה צריך הרבה עבודה בכל זאת עבר המון זמן לך תדע מאיפה להתחיל והיו גם את אלה שישר מהאונייה בלי לחלוץ נעליים, בגבעות של התרום, הם בלי שהם נשארו, לך תדע מאיפה להתחיל. לפעמים ברעש הגדול הזה, אפשר לשמוע את רחש Thank you. 
Ariel Horowitz, title track of his uh, brand new album, Shabano Habaita. Great stuff. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I would like to take you back to July 1981. It is the eve of yet another election in Israel as we stand now. And... Um, at a major political rally in Tel Aviv for the labor, the MC, very popular Dudu Topaz, made a remark that obviously can be construed as attacking the Likud supporters as being not fighting material, those who stand guard at the gate, but they don't fight. The real fighters are here with us, with the labor, with the left. Of course, that pushed all the wrong buttons amongst the Eidot HaMizrach, those who came from the um, Iran, Iraq, Syria, and all of North Africa, because for years, up until the election of Menachem Begin in 1977, for years, they were looked down upon by the left. They were discriminated against by the left. Menachem Begin, amongst other things, was such a great leader, was such a great person and such a warm Jew. One of his main um, creeds, if you will, was that the Jewish people are one. There's no difference between Ashkenazim and Sfaradim. We are all Jews. We are all brothers. It's one of the things that I think held Israel together in 1947 and 1948 when he stood at the head of the Etzel, the underground um, movement, when it was time to join with the uh, with Sahal, which was run by the left, by Mapai, when the ship of... Uh, of the Etzel was being fired upon with Menachem Begin in the ship, the Altalena famous story, was fired upon by, uh, under Ben-Gurion's orders, Yitzhak Rabin was the commander, and Begin said, do not fire back. The ship was filled with ammunition. They could have fired back. Menachem Begin said, no, we don't fire back. We will not have a civil war. We are all brothers. That was one of the things that he felt deep down in his bones and because of that really single-handedly avoided a civil war he was a great warm Jew who did not believe as those on the left at the time believed in uh, divorcing ourselves from the Jewish heritage the left, the Mapai, and so forth, le- wanted to leave a gap between Bar Kochva and the new Chalutzim and Menachem Begin growing up in a very traditional home, going to a religious Jewish school, was a man of great tradition and bringing tradition into the public life in the ruling class, if you will, is to his credit as well as we remember him so as we stood before the elections of 1981, Dudu Topaz, 
making his derogatory statement against the Sfaradim, the next night, which was, I believe, one or two days before the election, the next night the Likud had a massive rally in the same place. And Menachem Begin got up and made probably one of the most memorable speeches. Luckily, we have a recording of it. It's really, it's by happenstance, if you will. Um, we'll play it for you. It's two minutes, uh, a little more than two, two and a half minutes. For those of you who don't understand the Hebrew, Menachem Begin speaks about the fact that we are all one people, that Sephardim and Ashkenazim are no different, that in the Etzel that he commanded, Sephardim and Ashkenazim fought together, and in fact, two fighters, Barazani and Feinstein, one was, as he says, as they are called, a Sephardi, and one was an Ashkenazi, were captured by the British and were given a death sentence to hang. They didn't want to give the British the satisfaction of hanging them. They got a grenade smuggled into the prison. They put it between them and blew up together as they hugged each other and the grenade in between them. Barazani, Feinstein... He says, Ashkenazi, Sfaradi, no. Fighters, Jews, brothers. I, I think it is not disputed that this incident and this speech and this sentiment helped Menachem Begin go on to win by a very narrow margin the election that took place within the few days of this speech. In memory of Menachem Begin... Menachem Ben Zeev Dov, 27 years ago, Dalid Adar Bet, he passed away. This is from 1981, July. It was yet another election time in Israel. הקשקשקים הם במצודת זאב, הם בקושי שינגימלים. כאן, במרד אמש, נמצאים החיילים ומפקדי היחידות הקרביות. עכשיו אני אספר לדודו טופז 
השוטר הזה, תסביר. למי הוא התכוון? בני עדות המזרח שלנו היו לוחמים גיבורים גם במחתרת. פיינשטיין היה ממוצא אירופאי, איך קוראים לו אשכנזי? משה ברזני היה ספרדי מעיראק. בלילה! לאחר שנידונו למוות, והיו צריכים בבוקר בבוקר להוליך אותם על התלייה, והרב התעקש לומר שהוא יבוא להוביל אותם, והם לא רצו לפגוע ברב, הם לקחו בליבותיהם רימון יד, לחצו! אשכנזי, עיראקי, יהודי! מנחם בייגן, asked in his will not to be buried on Har Herzl with the other leaders of Israel, but rather on Har Zaytim, next to his wife, next to Barazani and Feinstein. Yisrael Goryon and Asaf Amdursky joined with uh, Marina Max where is it here Marix, Marina Maximil, Maximilian uh, in a remake of the song Tapuachinani 
Yisrael Goryon is from the original, um, what is it, the Dudaim. I always get the Parvarim and the Dudaim mixed up. It's the, this is the Dudaim. Yisrael Goryon is from the original Dudaim, and Safram Dursky is the son of Benyam Dursky, who passed away, and uh, replaces him. He, His father, Benyam Dursky, for many years was uh, the partner in the Dudaim of Yisrael Goryon. And they put out an album called Yisrael Goryon Asafam Durski V'chaveirim Sharim Hadudaim. That was uh, a track from there, and we'll uh, play one or two others from there. Very nice, very 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 nice stuff. Released a few months ago, relatively new. So uh, I guess we should talk about the elections, right? The first thing <laughs> over the last few days, it it, it is quite fascinating. Um, I must say, over the last few days, we are witnessing in Israel what I would call the um, Israeli supermodels Twitter war. So on Saturday night, on Meet the Press, Miri Regev, the Minister of uh, Culture and Sport, who is a... uh, one of the uh, spokespeople for Benjamin Netanyahu, for Prime Minister Netanyahu, they call them surrogates, I believe, in America, those who speak on behalf of a candidate, right? I think so. Anyway, um, she was criticizing the Kaholavan party, Benny Gantz, Lapid, Yalon, Ashkenazi, she was criticizing them because the point that she was making was that they cannot put together a ruling coalition without leaning on the support of the Arab parties. And um, the Likud, in, if they get enough seats, can. Because the religious parties and other right-wing parties, um, if they hopefully make it through the threshold... Will be able, will support them, but would not support the uh, Gantz Party Kacholavan. So Rotem Sela, who is an Israeli model and actress, who starred in <laughs> a, a, a series that I actually enjoyed. It was very cute, a comedy called "The Beauty and the Baker." She was the beauty. In case that wasn't clear which is on Netflix, so she tweeted out what's wrong with having Arabs and aren't, isn't everybody the same, and it, this is Medinat Kol Ezracheha. This is a country of all its citizens, meaning why should the Arabs be lesser, um, uh, of lesser value in a coalition? And um, she used a phrase which is... Um, well known in Israel as meaning not a Jewish state. When you use the phrase Medinat Kol Ezracheha, you mean it is not the national home of the Jewish people with equal rights for everyone. It is the national home of nobody, of everybody who lives there. That's all. By using that phrase, she put herself in a very um, polarized place which um, the overwhelming majority of Jews in Israel would not agree with. 
Now, she has a lot of followers. She's a supermodel. She has a lot of Twitter followers, over 700,000. And Prime Minister Netanyahu, who is so good at doing this, instead of ignoring it, decided to respond. And he responded to her that this is the national home of the Jewish people, and the, but everybody has rights, and so forth and so on. And then... Another model came out in support of Rotem Sela, and then, of course, Gal Gadot, Superwoman, she came out in support of her, and uh, somebody else came out in support of Netanyahu, and so the Israeli supermodels' Twitter war continues. Now, you might say, how incredibly insane is this? I mean, this is the world of today. But this is what the headlines are, and this is what all the media is focusing on. This model said that, and that model said this, and Gal Gadot did that, and Rotemsela did something else. Why aren't real issues being discussed? Why is it that Israel, that faces so many real issues, can't have a substantive debate. And I ask a second question. How is it that the party that is currently, according to the polls, which I do not trust, especially in Israel, but the party that is supposedly leading in the members of Knesset that it will get, meaning the majority of the votes, the Gantz, Yalon, Lapid, Ashkenazi party, how can I get away without saying anything coherent? It is a mixture of people on the left and on the right. It's a mixture of people who believe in a two-state solution and those who don't believe in a two-state solution and those who believe in having a religious um, public square in Israel and those who don't. It, it's a party that's a, a, a patchwork of four or five different groupings who don't agree with each other. And the only thing they do agree upon is that they don't want Benjamin Netanyahu to be Prime Minister again as if there's something terribly wrong with that. Meaning there's something so bad in Israel, so terrible in Israel that you should want change. And I'm, I, I think of the famous Ronald Reagan line at the end of the uh, debate that he had with Jimmy Carter when he was running against him for the first... Uh, for his first tenure as president, and he he said, when you walk into the voting booth, ask yourself, are you better off today than you were four years ago? I think the average Israeli who walks into the voting booth will ask himself, are you better off today than you were four years ago? And the answer is yes. I'm truly not worse off. Are there problems? Of course there are problems. (laughs) There ain't no country that doesn't have problems. Surely, Surely Israel has problems. But I think that the reason that the whole election campaign so far has been so not substantive, substantive, the reason that the leader of the major party that's right now running in the elections, Kahola Van, former chief of staff Benny Gantz, can get away with not giving one interview. Oh, I shouldn't say that. He gave an interview to Yidiyorach Ronot, to two people who write columns there who are not journalists 
Shlomo Artsy, the singer, and Hanoch Daum, who's a satirist and a comedian. And they actually did very well. And he came out of it not too well. He's being hidden from the public. He, he gave two and a half speeches. One of them was really bad. The other one was a, 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 a combination of, of nothing. Of slogans, a combination of slogans that add up to nothing that he read from a teleprompter. Is he a capable person? Of course he is. He was chief of staff. But can he lead the country? Can he be thrown from never being in politics to now be the prime minister? I don't know. But all the polls show that he's still leading. So how does, how does that happen? Maybe. Maybe because most Israelis are resigned to the fact that the major issue, which is security and the relationship between Israel and the Arabs in Yehudan Shamron and the Arabs in Aza, on that issue, there's no answer. There's no current answer. I think most Israelis feel, we've tried everything, it's not going to work, we'll just have to sweat it out. There's a famous saying, the difference between the Pikeach and the Chacham. that the Pikeach is one who knows how to get himself out of the mess that the Chacham gets himself into. I think Israel, uh, when it comes now to the questions of Yehudan Shamron and, and Aza and the Palestinian Arabs, have gotten themselves, they're both the Chacham and the Pikeach, or neither. They've gotten themselves into a situation. We brought this upon ourselves that we can't get out of. With Aza, we brought ourselves into a situation that we can't get out of. We walked out. We had no nothing in place. The Hamas took over, and we're stuck. We cannot go back in as much as we think we can. Yeah, sure, militarily we can, but we can't. Practically, we can't. And anyone who thinks, as many continue to still say, that in Yehudan Shamron, if there's a Palestinian state in it, and they start bombing the airport, we'll go in there and we'll take it over, just like we did the first time, well, it, 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 it won't happen, just like it's not happening in Aza. So when the majority of Israelis feel that way, then we could talk about supermodels and Twitter and their Twitter's accounts. Everything else in life... I think most people believe it's not going to make a difference if it's this party or that party. At the end of the day, more, most things are going to remain the same. The breakdown of Israeli public is more or less the same. So if it's all the same, we may as well talk about the supermodels. Two quick stories which are... Um, Really cool, and then we'll go on to another another um, musical interlude. Or is the music, or is it the talking interludes? Not really sure. So, 
Israeli birth certificates, the ones, I'm sorry, not birth certificates, what I'm talking about, driver's license. If you're now getting, for the first time, a driver's license in Israel, or maybe if it's being renewed, it will now have not only your birthday as in what we call the Gregorian calendar, the secular date that we use, it will also have the Hebrew birth date. The funny thing is, I have a hunch that most people don't know their Hebrew birth date. Well, these days with all the computers, it's easy enough to find out. But this really feeds into something that I'm, I'm so into. The use of the Jewish calendar over the secular calendar on, on personal things. Look, in America, you can't write a check with the Hebrew date. In Israel, you can, by the way. But we have a calendar. Let's be proud of it. And in Israel... The Hebrew date is an official date. Every official document of the state of Israel has the Hebrew date first and then the secular date. So, in the future, for those who have Israeli driver's licenses, somebody will say to you, do you know your Hebrew birthday? Hey, just take out your driver's license. You know that U.S. consulate on our grown street, like uh, diagonally across the street from uh, what used to be known as the Plaza Hotel. It's now the Leonardo Plaza, the tall building across the street from the Great Synagogue. It's down, uh, it's down the block from like the King's Hotel and all that area. That consulate was one um, devoted to the uh, Palestinian Arabs. They were the ones who used the services there. Otherwise, nobody else did. And now, finally, it is being closed. And it is being made part of the new embassy of the United States in Yerushalayim, the one that was opened up a little less than a year ago. That can only be good news for all the people who have passed that building so many times and felt so much angst about it as have I many times on Simchat Torah as we danced from Shul to the Kotel we passed it and made a point of stopping and dancing around in circles with the Sefer Torah and singing Utsu Eitzav too far well it's too far (laughs) it's too far away This is the Israeli entry for the Eurovision contest. It's sung by Kobe Marimi. It's all in English. I apologize for that. I apologize for the song, but it's not my fault. It's called Home. We'll play it for you right now. Debuting. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. I've been running barefoot to the mountain tops. Nothing comes as easy as it goes. I can hug the water when it's lost. 
I feel the sun upon my skin And I am someone, I am someone You pulled my heart, I took it in It made me someone, I am someone And now I'm done, I'm coming home I used to listen to the way they talk Counting down the minutes from the ticking clock I feel the sun upon my skin And I am someone, I am someone You pulled my heart, I took it in It made me someone, I am someone And now I'm done I'm coming home was so far collecting scars I refuse Kobe Marimi with uh, the Israeli entry for the Eurovision Song Contest, which will take place in Tel Aviv during the month of May. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Mayor Weingarten. Thank you for joining us. Well, the big surprise right now in all the polls in Israel is that the Zehut Party, headed by Moshe Feiglin, is... Um, gaining in the polls and has reached a point that almost all the polls agree that it will pass the threshold, something that I did not think would happen. In fact, I criticized all those who were risking the loss of votes for the uh, religious Zionist parties and for the right, those who are running, even though there's a, a slight chance that they will past the threshold, and if they don't, all those votes go down the drain. So people are now saying, well, you see, you see, you see, you shouldn't have criticized Faglin. Well, it's a fluke. It's happened before. The Senior Citizens Party won, I think, seven seats in the Knesset a a few uh, elections ago. It was a fluke. It went away. They just disappeared. And they basically had zero influence. It was a protest vote. And in this case, because uh, Zehut is uh, coming out with a libertarian... um, 
platform, which includes legalizing marijuana, which speaks a lot to people in Israel. In fact, up until this election, almost every election, there was a marijuana, a pro-marijuana party, a legalized marijuana party that got tens of thousands of votes. Well, those people, well, now they're not running because Zehud is, and uh, those votes will go to uh, Fagelin. I wonder how many of the protest voters, who are typically non-religious Tel Avivians, how many of them have read the platform and understand everything that Fagelin stands for? For example, on the platform he says, talks about that Israel should annex or go back into the cities in Yehudan Shamron. He's a very right-wing politician. And I'm curious to see if that aspect will have any influence um, on those who are currently thinking to vote for him. But there's no question he has a push now in the polls, and he's the one that everyone's talking about. He's doing a good job. We'll see what happens. I still don't think it is... Uh, I'm not saying he should withdraw. I just I think that running, like just like um, Orly Levy is doing, and, um, well, Lieberman, we're not sure where he stands, but Kahlon and others... They're risking the loss of the government in general. So a very sensitive issue came up a few weeks ago when Prime Minister Netanyahu pushed the Bayit HaYehudi, the traditional Mizrahi religious Zionist party, to join in a technical block, we'll explain that in a second, it's, an, it's, it's a technical alliance with the party called Otzma Yehudit, which is made up basically of um, a group of people who consider themselves the students, the followers of Rabbi Meir Kahana, Hashem Yikom Damo. In Israel, Meir Kahana was banned from running for the Knesset. He was in one Knesset, but then he was banned from running as being a racist. And um, now, when the religious Zionist party took in Otzma Yehudit, they are being demonized, as is the Prime Minister, as being racist. It's, It's the most horrible thing there can't be a more horrible thing than taking a racist party, this is what they say, and having them join in with the Bayit Lumi, and that the Prime Minister is pushing for it makes it worse. How could he do that? Or Benny Lau got up in his synagogue and said that Rabbi Kahana... And the laws that Rabbi Kahana proposed were similar to the Nuremberg Nuremberg laws. 
Well, people understood that as he's comparing them to the Nazis. He says he wasn't. That's all semantics at this point. Kalman Liebskind, who is uh, both a, um, a, a, a journalist, an op-ed person, writes in Ma'ariv, and uh, has a daily radio show called Kalman Lieberman, and a nightly TV show called Kalman Vesegal. I hold him out to be one of the best religious Zionist journalists that we have out there. That's not to say that others aren't great, but I really find him to be fantastic. And his writing is really well, well written and well researched. I've tried to translate part of the article that he wrote about this issue, in which he dedicates the first part to Benny Lau, and he says that Kach. Rabbi Kahn's party was a racist right-wing movement. That's how Benny Lau described it. He went on to describe the original party that called for the expulsion of Arab citizens from Israeli territory and racist legislation against them, as well as uh, transforming Israel into a lachic state, annexation of all the parts of Israel, and so forth. That was prohibition of intermarriage, extramarital relations, separation of students, prevention of meeting between youth, and segregation on beaches between Jews and Arabs. And that's what he quoted to show that the Otsma Yehudid party is racist, but writes Kalman Lipskin, it's very easy to quote Rabbi Kahana's texts and the laws proposed by Rabbi Kahana, and to argue about the goals of the original Kah party of Rav Kahana, but Rabbi Kahana has been dead for almost 30 years, he was murdered. He won't be on the Bayit Yehudi slate for the Knesset, and the attempt to argue with Mayor Kahana, instead of arguing with those who are here, alive, and on the Knesset slate, is an easy out, a cop-out, to avoid a real discussion. Since Itamar Ben-Gvir and Michael Ben-Ari of the Otsma Yehudit party are not on the moon, they walk amongst us, they can be asked if they agree with all of Kahana's Torah that is attributed to them. He goes on to say that he he doesn't think that Rabbi Lau is doing this for political reasons. He thinks he's been sucked into this conversation innocently. But he says that those who are vocal, screaming, shutting everybody up by yelling racist, racist, like they do here in the States a lot. What they want is not out of concern for values or morality. It's all politics. Because Netanyahu is trying to save votes of the right wing. Otsmai Yehudit would have run alone and lost a bunch of right-wing votes. Maybe three seats of Knesset in the Knesset would have been lost. And that's why he pushed them to go together in a technical block, which means right after the elections, they split. The left would like to see Netanyahu fail. And the reason, he says, the proof he has 
that it has nothing to do with values and morals, but really with politics, is because, he points out, and I think a lot of people don't know this, it's not the first time they're participating in the elections. They've run in the past almost 20 years. Where was the left in the past elections? Yelling racism and hatred. Nowhere. In 2009, Michal Ben-Ari, the same man, ran for the Knesset as part of a political alliance, just like now. That very same terrible, horrible, racist Michal Ben-Ari, who is now the focus of a campaign of demonization, that warns that his election is bringing racists and racism into the Knesset. You won't believe what happened then, writes Kalman Lipskin. His running for the elections passed so quietly that the election committee was not even required to deal with a motion for his disqualification. Election day came, the Israeli public had their saying, guess what? Michael Ben-Ari sat in the Knesset. He served there for four years and nothing happened and no one said anything. Where was all the left? Where were all the screams of racism? If he wanted to legislate racist laws, he had four years to do it, but somehow it didn't happen. Well, four years passed, and in 2013, again, the same group, this time led by Aryeh Eldad, Michael Ben-Ari, and Baruch Merzel, ran for the Knesset. Two years passed, and in 2015, Baruch Merzel, Otzma Yehudit, ran again, this time as part of in alliance with Eli Yishai's party. Yes, they almost got elected. It came to the court. The court allowed them to, to run, but they didn't make it. What changed? Well, in the past, it was clear that the right wing would not succeed, the, the smaller right wing parties like Otsmayudid and so forth wouldn't succeed in reaching the threshold of the elections. And even if they would, the right would have enough of a coalition even without them. So it didn't make political sense for them to go crazy over this. But here, says Common uh, Lipskin, here in our case, we're pushing Bayt Yehudi and Otzma Yehudi to run in this technical block together and split up after the elections. It will save the right wings tens of thousands of votes and may even add a Knesset seat or two. And because of that, there's an all-out attempt to delegitimize the right wing camp based on 30-year-old news about a man who was murdered and is no longer with us. Well, we're running out of time. There's a little more to the article, which is very good. Now, let me just say, personally, not a big fan of Otsma Yehudit. I think that they could they could make their points in different ways. But I don't think that they're horrible, terrible people. I don't think we can demonize them. And I find it shocking that those who do demonize them have no problem cozying up on the other side, to the Arab parties, many of whom, many of whose leaders have either been accused of crimes against the state of Israel, including espionage, or have publicly called for the annihilation of the state of Israel. So, something's wrong somewhere, right? Okay, we got to end off. We're going to end off, let's see, with Itzik Dadye and Hakol Tov. We'll do that 
right after we say thank you. All the thank yous. Here they come. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for all your Facebook likes and comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up on the Nachum Siegel Network, Yoni Pollock with after further review covering the latest in the world of sports. And then Novik now with Jake Novak and his take on current events of the world and the Jewish world. And then the great Monday Music Marathon takes you through the day. Until next Monday, immediately following Jamin in the AM. Don't forget, it's 3 p.m. Israel time, not 4. My name is Mayor Weingarten, reminding you the nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race. Like that, I